Welcome to the old radio. The the old radio. The old the old. Ra- It's the old radio comedy podcast. Welcome to episode 32 of the old radio comedy podcast and another hump day happy hour edition. I'm Greg Fordyce. Today, we're bringing you two back-to-back episodes of that great radio comedy show, Duffy's Tavern. Starring Ed Gardner as the tavern's manager, Archie, the show ran from 1941 to 1942 on CBS, 1942 to 1944 on NBC's Blue Network, and on NBC from 1944 to 1951. The program featured many celebrity guest stars throughout its run, who were always drawn into Archie's get-rich-quick schemes and his romantic foibles. Each show started out with a song when Irish eyes were smiling, which was always interrupted by the tavern's phone ringing, answered by Archie with the phrase, Hello, Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meet to eat. Archie, the manager, speaking, Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Ironically, Duffy, the tavern's owner, was never heard or seen throughout the entire show's run. Regular characters included Duffy's daughter, played by Shirley Booth, Florence Halop, and Hazel Shermit, Clifton Finnegan, played by Charlie Cantor and Sid Raymond, Eddie the Waiter, played by Eddie Green, and several others. Archie had a habit of mixing his metaphors and coming up with a ridiculous number of insane and far-fetched plots, which was the focus for each show. In 1949, Gardner moved the show to Puerto Rico to take advantage of its income tax-free status. Some of the famous celebrities of the day that guest starred on the show were Bing Crosby, Dinah Shore, Bob Hope, Lucille Ball, Shelley Winters, and many, many others. The show was so popular among working Americans that hundreds of bars with the name Duffy's Tavern sprang up all over American cities during the show's run. Some of them still survive to this day. The final broadcast took place on December 28, 1951. Now sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh as we bring you the premiere audition show and the December 18, 1946 show of Duffy's Tavern right after this brief message. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meet to eat. Special today, pigs pickle feet. Archie's speaking, Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, must be three or four customers here already. You hear that, Duffy? You're in business again. Uh, listen, Duffy, you picked out a very bad time to call up. Yeah, we're just going to go on the air for a broadcast. Now, wait a minute, Duffy. Don't get all excited. It ain't costing a cent. No, the network's doing it for prestige. Well, now, now, Duffy, I can't brandy words with you now. We're just going on the air, I'm telling you. Goodbye, Duffy. I'll, I'll see you later. 
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mel Allen. Forecast invites you to join us for a decidedly informal evening at Duffy's Tavern, where anyone under the sun is likely to drop in any time to talk things over with Archie. Almost anyone may drop in tonight. Now, people we're sure will be around, however, are Gertrude Neeson, Colonel Stupnagel, Larry Adler, and John Kirby's orchestra. And now I turn you over to that past master of ceremonies, Archie. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the voice of Duffy's Tavern speaking, uh, formerly Duffy's Bar and Grill, and still owned by the same proprietorship. And we take great pride in presenting them great musicians, John Kirby and his high schoolians. They offer their own version of Royal Garden Blues. Uh, you will note that in the second chorus, the piccolo player hits a note so high that it can only be heard by a dog. Uh, Mr. Kirby. <laughs> Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meet to eat the special today, pig's pickle feet. Oh, hello, boss. Hey, how'd you like Kirby's band? They what? Duffy, they do not. <laughs> well, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What is it, Archie? It's uh, Duffy, Mr. Kirby. He says he thinks your band is great. All right, Duffy, I know. <laughs> Can't tell a guy that, though. You don't understand artists, Duffy. You know, they're much more insensible than you and me. You gotta tolerate them. Ah, but Duffy, you haven't liked nothing since Chauncey all got cracked up on Mother McCree. You're living in a graveyard full of Irish tenants. Wait a minute, Duffy. Uh, <coughs> Gertrude Neeson, uh, the no floor show just walked in. What? Uh, all right, I'll tell her. I'll speak to you later. Uh, good evening, Miss Neeson. Hi, Archie. Uh, same as Neeson. I hate to, uh, you know, I hate to bury sleeping dogs, but Duffy has been complaining about you. Oh, what's old Novocaine brain squawking about now? Well, he claims you insulted his best customer, Mr. Feldever K. Beldorf. 
Was you out to dinner with Beldorf last night? Yes, and I'll never go out with that crumb again. Huh? You know what happened? He asked me to go out to dinner last night, so I go with him. Well, you know how I never like a strange man to pay for my meal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I said to him, Mr. Beldorf, I insist that this dinner should be Dutch. But he said he absolutely wouldn't hear of it. Well, that's nice. He said I had to pay for him, too. <laughs> That's that Beldorf, so what did you do? Oh, I did what any lady would do. I broke a plate over his head. What else could you do? Well, frankly, as man to man, do you think that breaking a plate of soup over a guy's head should be construed as an insult? No, but Beldorf's a little hypersensitive. <laughs> yeah. Don't like those things. I'll uh, explain it to Duffy, though. Uh, by the way, Duffy ain't never heard them golden tones of yours, Miss Neeson. You know, I've told him about uh, you being a great star at the movies and the radio, and when I mentioned that you have been on the stage, he said he had one request. Look, Archie, even to please Duffy, I will not recite Casey at the bat. Well, <laughs> all right, then. Uh, but would you mind uh, rendering the customers with a song? All right, I'll do something especially for Mr. Duffy. Uh, does he rumba? Uh, an amusing question, Miss Neeson. <laughs> Proceed ahead. <laughs> Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meet to eat today's special pig's pickle feed. Archie speaking, Duffy ain't here. Oh, it's you again, Duffy. Say, Duffy, do I have to say that poem you made up every time I answer the phone? <laughs> All right, I'll say it. Only we're going to be in trouble when the special is corned beef hash. <clears throat> uh, say, by the way, what did you think of Gertrude Nason singing? What? 
Well, geez, Duffy, some people like her. <laughs> what? A little more pizzicato. All right, I'll tell her. He says you should have sang louder, Miss Nason. Let me have that phone. So, you didn't like my singing, Mr. Duffy. And you're the greatest living authority on Irish tenors. You call what you're doing living? <laughs> oh, so your wife says a girl who sings like I do would smoke cigarettes. <laughs> You crummy old broken down bar fly, you miserable no good four flushing. What? Yes, you can call me Gertrude. <laughs> and furthermore, lame brain, if I had the wings of an angel, I'd beat your brains out with them. Goodbye. Hello, Duffy. What's new? <laughs> ah, Duffy, you and your Irish tennis. Wait a minute, Dave. Colonel Stoopnagel just come in there. Good evening, Colonel. Harding, Screechy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, how are you tonight, Colonel? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm in pretty good shape for the shape I'm in. <laughs> that is, considering my shape. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, have a cigar, Colonel? Yes, I have. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I'll be right with you, Colonel. Have a seat. Uh, <clears throat> hello, Duffy. The uh, colonel's got a look in his eye like a $3 porterhouse. If I play my cards right, maybe I can sell him a slice, for, a slice over that Kansas City steer you've been saving for inflation. <laughs> well, listen, Duffy, that steer ain't getting no younger. Okay, see you later. <laughs> well, well, colonel, you sure are a sight to give a person sore eyes. Uh, here, let me take your hat and shotgun. Spent uh, to a wedding? Huh? Been to a wedding? No. No, actually, I've been hunting ducks. Hey, Nimrod, would you mind not pointing that shotgun at my head? I just had my hair done. Pardon me, madam, but you don't have to be afraid of this fowling piece, unless you happen to be a duck. <laughs> well, she don't happen to be no duck, Colonel. She happens to be a canary. Colonel Stoopnagel, this is our chanteuse, Miss uh, Gertrude Neeson. <laughs> How do you do? I'm sure. <laughs> Well, I haven't seen you in a long time. You're putting on quite a front stoop, Nagel. Yeah, better give me that foul piece, Colonel, and I'll put it out of harm's way. Hey, careful of that, Archie. That's no ordinary shotgun. It ain't, huh? It's what I call a sawed-on shotgun. Oh. <laughs> you will also observe that it's made with one barrel on top of the other instead of side by side. It's for shooting ducks who happen to be riding piggybacks. That's yeah, certainly a very clever blundering bus, Colonel. Blundering bus. Oh, indubitable. In... <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, here's another startling feature about it. One barrel is loaded with bullets, and the other barrel is loaded with nothing. Loaded with nothing? Why is that? Well, the loaded one's for shooting ducks, and the unloaded one is for not shooting innocent bystanders. Oh. <laughs> Say, Archie, how about that steak for the colonel? Oh, yeah, thanks for reminding me. Uh, say, Colonel, uh, we got a steak here we've been saving especially for you. Archie, now you're talking. After that duck hunt, I could eat a horse. Colonel, you have placed an order. <laughs> Next, that uh, saddle steak for Colonel Stoopnagel. Want me to ride it in, boys? No, just slap it on a rump and hold the kitchen door open. It'll Oh, uh, good evening, Officer Clancy. What'll it be? The usual absence frappe? <laughs> Never mind that. 
Who belongs to the blue sedan parked outside next to the fire hydrant? Well, what's wrong with that? It's my own fire hydrant. Now listen, you. Now you listen, Clancy. You're supposed to be a friend of Duffy's. Why do you always come in here annoying a customer? You listen here, Archie, and don't be giving me no back talk. You keep your customers obeying the law, or I'll close you up. Well, you can't close us up. We ain't got a license. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but I never... I, well, don't let it happen again. Okay, Clancy. <clears throat> Holy smoke, Colonel. If he ever finds out we really got a license, we're going to be in trouble. Well, don't worry, Archie. I've got a pull with the mayor. I can arrange to have your license revoked. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks very much, Miss Mason. Oh, nothing at all. Say, Archie. Uh, yes, Colonel. Could I interest you in this thing here that I've just invented? Well, what is it, Colonel? To me, it looks just like a door. A door it is. It's a bathroom door that you don't have to wait outside of. <laughs> You don't have to wait outside. Well, why is that, Colonel? Because it opens into a closet. <laughs> Gosh, Colonel, you sure have got a furtive mind. <laughs> I'll bet you'd have a million suggestions how to improve this place. Well, I have one idea you might use, Archie. I've just invented a brand new drink. It's made by brewing malt and yeast and hops together, and the result is a tangy golden liquid with a frothy head on it. But, Colonel, we got that here. That's beer. That's odd. That's what I call mine. Now, wait a minute, Colonel. Beer was invented more than 2,000 years ago. Really? It seems like only yesterday. Say, Colonel, have you ever invented, uh, ever tried your hand at inventing an Irish tenor? Why? Well, Duffy says either I either get an Irish tenor or I'm fired. My boy, never despair. I, Colonel Lemuel Q. Stoopmagel, am an Irish tenor. Aretha! We're safe. Oh, but wait a minute. Duffy only likes Irish Irish tennis. Ah, sure, me old mother was a quinn of the quinners, quinns of County Down. Ah, she was indeed. <laughs> indeed she was. Ah. How oh, well I remember me mother and I. Colonel. Over in the court. Hey, Colonel. Down Stormwater. Hey, Colonel. 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 With a kind of a catch in your voice, my dear. Listen, Archie, when you hear me sing my wild Irish rose, you'll hear the lakes of Killarney. You'll hear the Shannon River flowing softly down to the sea. You'll hear the lilt of Irish laughter, the salt of Irish tears, the beat of brave Irish hearts, and the wail of the Irish banshees. Oh, she was indeed! Indeed, she was! Ah. Yeah, that's just what I'm afraid of. If it ain't done right, Duffy will be on that phone quicker than Jack Robinson and tear the roof off me. Ah, don't worry about a thing, Archie. This will be magnificent. To the pipes, Mr. Kirby. My wild Irish rose. Colonel, I think you better stop. I... I... Oh, look at... Uh, hello? <laughs> this is Finnegan's pharmacy. This is Finnegan, the pharmacist, speaking. All right, Duffy, don't get so excited. All right, well, he stopped, didn't he? What? Oh, Duffy. Well, that ain't possible. No, Duffy, this is not possible. All right. Hey, what was that, Archie? Uh, nothing. We had a request, that's all. <laughs> 
was glad to oblige. What was the request? Never mind. You couldn't do it. <laughs> Say, Archie. Archie. Say, Archie. Yeah? Look who just came in. You know Larry Adler, the harmonica player. Why, sure. How are you, Mr. Adler? Glad to see you. Hello, Archie. Nice seeing you again. Say, Archie, you know Larry Adler happens to be the finest harmonica player in the world. You think Duffy would like to sample his talent? Ah, that Duffy don't want guys with talent. He wants Irish tennis. <laughs> well, Archie, if it'll help at all, at all, I know a million Irish tunes. Ah. <laughs> Mr. Adler, do you know Danny Boy? Uh, Duffy always liked that one. Ah, sure, me boy. Oh, I know it well. Okay. <laughs> well, let's take a chance on Mr. Adler. But, Mr. Allen, uh, yeah. when you announce him, you know, there's no use confusing Duffy about the man's name. Uh, you know what I mean. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Ladies and gentlemen, Danny Boy, played on the harmonica by the world's greatest harmonica virtuoso, Larry O'Adler. <laughs>
that guy could be Duffy. Hello? You liked him? You really did, huh, Duffy? Oh, that's swell. Sure you can ham on records. Uh, yeah, you're right, Duffy. Nothing like an Irish harmonica player. <laughs> what? Buy a drink for the house. Are you sure this is Duffy? <laughs> well, all right, Duffy, that's fine. Okay. Folks, Duffy's buying a drink for everybody. Oh, uh, did you hear that, Nick? I heard it, but I don't believe it. Well, it's true. Uh, and by the way, Nick, Duffy says to uh, close up the free lunch until the thing blows over. <laughs> Yeah, boss. That's more like Duffy. Here you are, folks. Drink hearty. It's on Duffy. Well, you can quote me as being astounded. Ah. Hey, you don't often get Duffy in such a monogamous mood. Well, <laughs> here goes. Mmm, needle beer. <laughs> Seems like old times. Uh, which reminds me, Archie, whatever became of your old friend, Two Top Gruskin? Two Top Gruskin? What is it? It isn't a net. It's a guy. He's a two-headed baseball pitcher. He can watch first base and third base at the same time. You say he had uh, two heads? I certainly had two heads, Miss Neeson. What's so strange about Two Top having two heads? Oh, there's nothing strange about it. But Two Top Gruskin. Well, his real name is Atos and Portos Gruskin. They nicknamed him Two Top. I suppose on account of him having two heads. Very original. Yeah, what did become a Two Top? Oh, he got married. Happily? Well, as he always shakes his heads when you ask him, is he happily married? Yes and no. Well, why is that, Archie? Well, it all started the night that Two Top's wife, whose maiden name was Snee Ines Harrigan, before she was married. The night that she met Two Top at the Dollar Beer Rack at Masquerade Ball down here at Duffy's Barn Grill. You know, the old place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Duffy announces that uh, first prize for the best masquerade costume is going to be a free drink on the house, which, as you know, is a very rare offer from Duffy, outside of on St. Patrick's Day. Whatsoever, let's not digress. Uh, anyway, uh, the masquerade gets rolling, and there's terrific competition for the free drink when all of a sudden in comes a big piece of resistance himself. He comes in. Two top Gruskin himself. He comes as a pair of bookends. As a pair of bookends? Yeah, with a book between his two heads. A book his mother gave him. A little book his mother gave him called My Son, My Son. I get it, boss. I get it. She knew him like a book, eh, boss? That's good, Nick. But let's not have no more of that. Well, anyway, when midnight comes, the judges give the first prize to the bookends. And when he takes off his masks, everybody is amazed to see that the winner is too tough. That's how he met Inez. When he takes his masks off, she gives him a quick glance. And then she turns around again and gives him another glance to confirm the first glance. And right away, it was love at first sight. And she says to me later, I don't know, Archie. There was just something different about him. Says, I guess it's that he was so tall, blonde, and brunette. <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> two top, uh, two top falls for Inez, too, and it ain't ten minutes before he's playing I Love You Truly on a harmonica and kissing her at the same time. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> finally he proposes marriages to her. Bigger me, huh? Yeah. 
So Anna says, okay, so top, after all, twice a loaf is better than none. <laughs> Hello, Duffy. You changed your mind. You've been thinking it over and you don't like O'Adler. But Duffy, no, you can't take back free drinks after people have drank the drinks. <laughs> no, it's neither practical nor ethnical. <laughs> but listen, Duffy, will you forget Chauncey all caught him in the middle of a story? Yeah, I'll call you back later. Duffy, no restraint. Well, anyway, as I was saying, Two Top is so happy about Inez marrying him that he quick goes over to the bar to celebrate. So Duffy puts first prize to drink on a house down in front of him. But Harold, the bartender, says, uh, don't you think it's pretty cheap, Duffy, giving a two-headed guy just one drink? <laughs> so Duffy says, okay, I'll be a sport. I'll give the other head to chase it. <laughs> Sounds a bit parsimonious, Archie. Oh, yes. Well, fella. Well, <laughs> well, Two-Top takes the drink, see? But it seems he takes it with the head that he inherited from his father's side of the family. And the first thing you know, he can't stop drinking. Well, the head that's drinking, the chasers tries to control him, but it's no use. So finally, the sober head winks at Duffy and says, uh, better slip my mickey, Duffy. <laughs> well, then the trouble really starts. Duffy, who's a little nearsighted, makes a mistake, and he puts the mickey into the chaser. Well, in no time, both the two, te- two tops' heads is out like what? Well, with this, Inez gets mad, and she hollers, you're drunk. So as one man, Two-Top, comes to, or rather he comes for, and he says, who's drunk? So she says, you are. You on the left. <laughs> says, come on, Porthos, I'll marry you, but I never want to see that other face again. And that's why, Colonel, to this day, if you ask Two-Top, is he a happy married man? He always nods one head yes and shakes the other head no. <laughs> Archie, that's a wonderful story. You're a natural-born raconteur. Thanks. I think. <laughs> but I'll be a natural-born corpse if I don't get an Irish tenor for coffee. Say, Archie. Oh, are you here again, Clancy? Yes, it's the last time I tell you to get that car away from the fire hydrant. Oh, Clancy, don't bu- Clancy, do you by any chance know any Irish tenors? Sure, and I'm an Irish tenor myself. Clancy. Clancy Olcott. What's that, Miss Neeson? Clancy Olcott. If you can make an O'Adler out of an Adler, why can't Clancy be Clancy Olcott? But Olcott's dead. Does Duffy know that? Well, probably not. He still insists that John L. Sullivan is the heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> you see what I mean, Archie? You're a reaper, Miss Neeson. I think you've given me the mucus of an idea. Uh, Clancy, do you know when Irish eyes are smiling? Certainly. Well, what are we waiting for? Give me that microphone. Ladies and gentlemen... Duffy's Tavern takes great pride and pleasure in presenting at the exclusive request of Mr. Duffy himself that celebrated Irish tenor, Mtsi Olcott. When Irish eyes are smiling, sure it's like a morning spring. In the leers of Irish laughter, you can hear the angels sing. When Irish hearts are happy, all this world seems bright and gay. And when Irish eyes are smiling, sure they steal your heart
Hello, Duffy. You liked it, huh? Well, it's about time you heaped in a comium at me. What? Ah, Duffy. What do you know? He's crying. <laughs> oh, he's crying when he hears an Irish tenor. Ah, oh, now, Duffy, please. Oh, stop, Duffy, stop. Of course we all love you, Duffy. Everybody loves you. Oh, the world ain't against you. Oh, for the love of my Duffy, it ain't true. I tell you, we love you like I was our own father. Duffy's Tavern will be like when and if it reaches the air regularly. Tonight's program, like each forecast show, is intended as a sample broadcast, an illustration of what you may expect of Duffy's Tavern if it eventually becomes a weekly radio feature. If you want to hear more from Archie, from Gertrude Neeson, from John Kirby's orchestra, and from the never-audible but always active Duffy himself, write to CBS and tell us so. Your applause will help to make Duffy's Tavern a weekly broadcast feature. Next week, Forecast will present a full-hour show from Hollywood, a large-scale musical variety program called Of Stars and States. The cast, headed by John Bowles, will include Virginia Vale, Nan Gray, Arthur Q. Bryan, and Governor Leo Daniel of Texas. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Wednesday night, so we take it out at Duffy's Tavern with our guest tonight, Joan Bennett, and starring Archie himself, Ed Gardner. <laughs> Duffy's Tavern is brought to you by Bristol Myers, maker of my pantitude face and true shade beforehand local. Two products that will pay you to remember. I panna for the smile of beauty. Truchet for softer, lovelier hands. I Panna, Truchet. Hello, Duffy's Tavern. Where do you leave? Meet Dean Archie, the man you're speaking. Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Tonight, uh, Joan Bennett, the uh, woman in the window. Huh? A mannequin. No, Duffy, on the contrary, she's quite a girlykin. <laughs> Yeah, Duffy, a terrific assemblage of punkertoes. <laughs> what she got that Mrs. Duffy ain't got? Well, take a look at Mrs. Duffy. <laughs> Are you looking? Well, what you don't see, Joan Bennett's got. <laughs> yeah, she just come back from England. England, it's a little place, just a blonde stone's throw from Ireland. Yeah, she went over there with a bunch of other movie stars, sort of a lend-lease arrangement. Yeah, the English sent us their beefs, and we sent them our hams. <laughs> well, uh, Joan is coming down tonight to help me raffle off a diamond terrara. Huh? Well, it's for Christmas, Duffy, to help feed the needy families of 3rd Avenue. Let them eat cake. Duffy, a certain party named Marie Antoinette once made that same remark. And leave me remind you, after they stuck her head in a guillotine, she talked a lot different. <laughs> I'll call you back. Hey, Miss Archie, how many tickets you figured you're going to sell for this raffle? Well, Eddie, that depends a lot on how many people buy them. 
That's a nice round number. Yeah. Incidentally, when are you thinking of giving your girlfriend Sonia Jones for Christmas? According to my wallet, a matched set of excuses. Oh, no dough, huh? That's right. And with Sonia, no dough, no soap. Mm. Ah, them women. Why, why do they have to be that way? Well, Eddie, that's been a problem since time was immoral, you know? <laughs> Anthony had that problem with Cleopatra. Napoleon had it with Josephine. You mean Josephine was wallet-minded, too? You've seen pictures of Napoleon with his hand inside his coat? Yeah. Why do you think he was holding on to <laughs> But she loved him, Eddie. Yeah, but the trouble is, Sonia never studied history. Oh. And Napoleon didn't have the competition I got. Competition, huh? Yeah, she got one boyfriend that makes perfume, a jeweler. Then there's another one. Now just a second. If she's got all them boyfriends, why do you bother to give her anything? Because I'm number three on the list, and I don't want to lose my rating. <laughs> well, uh, why don't you buy one of these raffle tickets? If you win, you can give her the diamond terrera. That's phony hunk of ice. Well, does she have to know it's phony? I forgot to tell you, she got another boyfriend that's a glass cutter. Well, don't leave it uh, esprit your decor, Eddie. Uh, by the way, did you get the Christmas tree out of the back room yet? Yeah, that head is there in the corner. I hope it don't get arrested for indecent exposure. Yeah. Don't look as good as it did last year, does it? No. And last year, it didn't look as good as the year before. Mm, turned a little brown around the gels. What can we do with it, Eddie? Well, we could put a fence around it. A fence? Yeah. You know what the old saying? That things on the other side of the fence look greener? Cut the jokes, Eddie. We can fix it up. We'll camouflage it with some of last year's decorations. Yeah, but what are we going to use to camouflage the decorations? Don't worry, Eddie. There's a lot of things around here we could use to hang on a tree. Uh, hello, Arch. Oh, hello, Finnegan. Uh, you sold any tickets for that raffle yet? Uh, no, Arch. And I've been to every house on the block. Well, have you been off the block? Arch, for years. <laughs> well, uh, look, what do you do when you go from house to house? Oh, well, uh, I knock on the door, and when they open it, I say... Uh, I'm Clinton Finnegan. Uh-huh. What's the reaction? The usual. Raised eyebrows and a slight gasp. <laughs> uh, then I try to slam the door on me. Then what do you do? I use me head on. Oh. Yeah. I stick me foot in. Oh, you do, huh? Yeah, sometimes. Other times I use me foot and stick me head in. Oh. How does that work? Well, that's better. That way it don't hurt so much. Finnegan, sticking your foot and your head in, I can see that you ain't using salesmanship. Salesmanship? Yeah, you see, to be a salesman, the first thing you got to do is to flatter the people. To uh, flatter them, huh? Yeah, you know, for example, when the door opens, you should smile and you say, Well, I didn't know a gorgeous creature like you was going to answer the door. Oh, I tried that. What happened? The guy slugged me. <laughs> Well, you talked out of turn. That's another thing. You see, the smart salesman lets the other guy do all the talking. I tried that too, Watch. 
One place I went into to sell the tickets, it happened the guy was also a salesman. Yeah? Yeah, so I was caging. I laid back and I let him do all the talking. What happened? I am now insured against earthquakes. <laughs> and not one ticket sold for all of these needy families. Ain't you ashamed of yourself? Now go on out and try it again. Okay, I, and this time I won't leave one stone unturned. Okay, but don't turn over any rocks. You might find a relative. Uh, now get going. Okay. Hey, look, Art, do you mind if I leave one shoe here? One shoe? Yeah, it'll help me make change. How? So, well, tickets are a dime, right? Right. So, in case a guy hands me a quarter, ten fingers and five toes makes fifteen cents change. <laughs> but Finnegan, you got six toes. Oh, it's you forget the sales tax. <laughs> A human abacus. <clears throat> Go on now, get going. Oh. Hello, Duffy's Tavern. Huh? Oh, yeah, she's here. Just a minute. Miss Duffy. Oh, yeah? A phone call for you. Ridiculous as it sounds, it's a man. No phone, gee. Quick, give me the phone. Give me the phone. Steady, old girl. Steady. <clears throat> Hello, Miss Duffy speaking. I'd love to. <laughs> what? Oh, it's you, Papa. Archie, you tricked me. Yeah, but you was really living there for a minute. <laughs> uh, what, Papa? Where was I till three o'clock this morning? Well, Papa, yesterday was a busy day. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had a lot of things to do. Well, first I had my hair curled and... What'd you do, look in the mirror? <laughs> Shut up, you jerk. No, not you, Papa. The other one here. Ah, <laughs> uh, so then I went over to Katrinka Yorbert's for their housewarming. Yeah, they just got a load of coal in. <laughs> well, anyway, the party got going and... You know how it is, Papa. Everybody started dancing with each other... And Katrinka and I got sick of just sitting around, so... Well, so we went to the movies. Huh? Look, Papa, I could tell Mama a few things about the other night when you were supposed to be playing poker. Yeah, I seen him in that game of poker. The chips was very well stacked. <laughs> what, Papa? Okay, it's a deal. We'll both keep our big mouths shut. Miss Duffy, did you and Katrinka enjoy the movies last night? No, we had a terrible time. Two fellas sitting next to us did nothing but annoy us. Oh. So where did the four of you go? <laughs> well, it, it turned out that they were going our way. So, naturally, they offered to give you a lift. Naturally. <laughs> but we warned them that we were nice girls and they'd have to drive us straight home. Well, so far, you've acted like a perfect lady. Yes, but they were no gentlemen. Oh, they didn't drive you straight home. That was the trouble. They did. <laughs> straight home. I think I know the trouble. Look, when you got into the guy's car, was it standing under a street lamp? Yeah, I think it was. That's where you made your mistake. <laughs> Now, look, Miss Duffy, Joan Bennett's going to be here any minute to raffle off this terrarra for the needy people, and... Hey, I wonder 
If a kiss from a pretty girl, it helps sell these tickets. <gasps> Thank you. I'd love to. Miss Duffy, the needy ain't that needy. <laughs> I was referring to Miss Joan Bennett. That's a terrific idea. Joan Bennett kisses the winner... And we'll collect so much dough for the Third Avenue poor people, they'll be coming over here in limousines to thank us. I'll bet there isn't a woman listening in who isn't interested in trying something different when it comes to making herself lovelier. You're so right, Mr. Wallington. I am interested. What is it? Well, it's an entirely different idea in hand lotions. It's Truchet, the beforehand lotion. Truchet? And what does beforehand mean? It means you can use Truchet before you get to work, before you do dishes or light laundry, before you put your hands in that hot soapy water. But what's the point of that? Because Truchet guards your hands from becoming chapped and dry. Why, Truchet is so effective that it guards your hands even while they're in hot soapy water. And how about after I finish the dishes and washing? Can I use Truchet then? Of course you can. Creamy, fragrant Truchet can be used as you use any hand lotion. But with Truchet, you get something none of those ordinary hand lotions give you. Beforehand protection when you need it most. So why don't you start this new way of helping your hands become soft and lovely? Why not begin today to use Truchet? T-R-U-S-H-A-Y. Daddy, Joan Bennett's going to be here any minute. Now, leave us make the place look Christmassy, huh? We'll put some candles around the tables. Candles? You trying to put Miss Bennett on a diet? What do you mean? Well, if she sees what she's eating, she won't. <laughs> Maybe you're right. What could we do to make it Christmassy? Uh, I know. We'll take a lot of the Christmas cards we've been receiving and stand them up along the bar. Be the only thing at that bar that's standing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very funny. Uh, uh, by the way, just got a card here you did from Sing Sing. I did? Let's see. Hey, it's from Rockpile Roach. <laughs> I didn't know he was still up there. The last time I heard from him, he was waiting for the governor to make up his mind about a reprieve. Let's see what he says. Dear Archie, just a line to wish you a Merry Christmas and a happy. Mm. <laughs> Guess the governor made up his mind. <laughs> yeah, well, that shows you the crime don't pay, huh? Good evening, Archie. Oh, Officer Clancy, how are you tonight? Oh, it is a weary man I am. Those Christmas crowds milling around and pushing and pulling. Yeah, pretty terrible. Oh, it huh? sure knocks a man out. The hustle and bustle and pushing and shoving, it's enough to drive a man to drink. Yeah, that's right. Well, don't just stand there agreeing with me. Do something about it. <laughs> okay, Clancy, here you are. Bourbon and soda. On the house. Ah. Archie? This whiskey of yours is slow poison. Slow poison? Well, then don't drink it. Fortunately, I'm a patient man. <laughs> oh, well, enjoy it, Clancy. Tell me, uh, how's the missus? The old biddy? Yeah. Well, as usual... She's been hinting all week for a Christmas present. Oh, how can you tell? She's been easing up on her punches. <laughs> well, that's a sure sign she loves you, Clancy. You're a hundred proof right. Uh, by the way... <laughs> by the way, that last drink... Yeah? Who poured it? I did. Who drank it? You did. 
Archie, it's your move. <laughs> okay, Clancy. Here you are. Have thank another you, one. Thank you. Say, by the way, would you like to have Christmas dinner with me at Mrs. Arthur's of Clancy? Well, thank you. I'll be charmed. We're having a real Christmas dinner. Celery and olives and cranberry sauce and pumpkin pie. And, of course, for the main dish, the old traditional corned beef and cabbage. <laughs> what, Clancy? No turkey? No, it makes the old lady feel too self-conscious. Oh. Well, I'll be seeing you, Archie. Okay, Clancy. Um, Miss Arthur. Yeah? The woman in the window. What about her? She just walked through the door. Oh, Eddie, that's Joan Bennett. She just got back from England. At the... Uh... Talk that pip-pip British stuff to her, Eddie, you know. Give her a real English welcome, huh? Uh, you give it to her. You're handier with that John Bull than I am. <laughs> well, Joan Bennett, uh, welcome back to the motherland. Did you have a good time over there, Joan? Wonderful. Yeah, huh? I bet you felt funny driving on the left side of the road, huh? Not at all, Archie. You forget I'm from California. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Well, how is England? Has uh, the old place changed much? Were you ever there? Was I... Just same kidding. <laughs> Joan, I've been up and down the streets of London so often, I still walk cockneyed. <laughs> yeah, in uh, fact, to this day, I get sinuses if I ain't breathing that London derriere. <laughs> well, what did you do over there? What did I do? Well, uh, the first time I went over to play uh, cricket for uh, Washington and Lee and parents. <laughs> you played cricket? Left cricket. <laughs> yeah, it was a great trip. A uh, little rough, but very pleasant. What boat did you go on? Well, naturally on a boat befitting to a man of my caliber. A tramp steamer. <laughs> no, the Queen Mary herself. <clears throat> Great crowd we had on board, too. A lot of notables? Uh, a lot of notables? Uh, you mean besides me? Yes. Oh, sure. We had nothing but the upper dregs. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Count of Essex and his wife, the discount. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lord and Lady Lint Windermere. Uh, Lord and Lady Taylor. Uh, uh, Lord Byron. Lord Byron? Yeah. He wasn't with Lord Tennyson, was he? Lord Tennyson, Lord Tennyson. Short and stocky, a monocle in one eye. Stutters a little. That's the one. Marvelous shuffleboard player. Archie, it happens that Lord Tennyson is dead. What is that? Lord Tennyson is dead. Oh. Well, it was a pretty rough trip. <laughs> In fact, uh, even I had a slight case of mal de mer. <laughs> you know, that's uh, French for you can't take it with you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, where are my manners here? Oh, Edward. Uh... Uh, yes, sir, my lord. <laughs> a uh, crumpet of tiffin and uh, some, some tea for Miss Bennett. Mm. How many spots? Uh, tuppence. How much is that? That's 12. <laughs> you ain't got enough for 12 spots. Uh, how about just one big blob? Well, I guess that sounds all right. Uh, okay with you, Joan? Yes, with lemon, please. In a saucer. <laughs> a saucer? Oh, bourgeois. 
Uh, have you ever tried it with a putrid mug? <laughs> no, this will be my first experience. <laughs> well, I think you'll like it. <laughs> Archie, I can see you know all about English dishes. Oh, sure. In fact, I almost married one. <laughs> but by that time, they didn't let us fraternize. <laughs> Say, that's a jolly good one. I must remember to send that into punch. <laughs> yeah, Joan, all this, uh, this talk about England makes me very neuralgic. Yes, I'm getting a little sick myself. Uh, well, in that case, uh, leave us talk about Hollywood. All right, leave us talk about Hollywood. I saw that last picture of yours. I saw that last picture of yours. You was great. Leave us talk about England. Uh, maybe we better talk about the raffle. What is all this about the raffle, Archie? Well, you see, uh, it's Christmas, and there's a lot of people that ain't going to be too happy. You know, people that ain't got the kind of dough that you and me has got. And, uh... I uh, thought I'd try to do a little something to brighten things up for them, so I'm raffling off this genuine diamond terrara. Uh, the only thing is the raffle tickets ain't going so good, and we thought that maybe if you'd give the winner a kiss, it'd help things. After all, you kissed that Edward G. Robinson. It wasn't even Christmas, either. <laughs> Archie, if it's for charity, I'll do it. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'll put on my most kissable lipstick. You're going to do it? Holy cat, she's going to kiss the winner. But what happens? Suppose the raffle is won by some coothless hoodlum. <laughs> some guy that would go after her like she was a free lunch. <laughs> Archie, you've got to save this girl by hook or by crook. <laughs> Say, Eddie, if Miss Bennett is going to kiss the winner, I'll buy a couple of those raffle tickets. Why, sure, Mr. Warrington. Here they are. You know, if Mr. Archie wins and Miss Bennett has to kiss him, I bet she dies laughing. Oh, boy, I'd like to see that. Miss Bennett kissing Miss Archie? No. Miss Bennett laughing. Because if there's anything I go for, it's a beautiful smile, Ed. In fact, I think everybody goes for a beautiful, sparkling smile. That's why we all should try to keep our smiles as bright and as radiant as can be. That, of course, calls for firm, healthy gums. And that means Ipana toothpaste and gum massage. For Ipana is designed not only to clean your teeth, but with gentle massage to aid in the health of your gums. Ask your dentist. A national survey shows that seven out of ten dentists recommend gum massage. Not only that... But dentists themselves prefer Ipana toothpaste two to one over any other dentifrice for their own personal use. So why don't you start using Ipana toothpaste and gum massage yourself? It's easy. Just brush your teeth with Ipana. And every time you do, put a little extra Ipana on your fingertip and gently massage it on your gums. So get Ipana for your smile of beauty. Oh, Duffy's Tavern. Oh, no, Duffy. Huh? Oh, the tickets has been going like wild cakes. Yeah. Uh, well, Joan Bennett's going to pull the tickets out of her hat, and in addition, for charity, she's going to kiss the winner. You want a hundred tickets, huh? <laughs> but suppose Mrs. Duffy found out you kissed a movie star. 
Oh, you'll throw up to her to kiss in New York that she got from Tom Brenneman, huh? <laughs> well, is she there? Well, look, you better not let her hear you talking about kissing a strange dame, Duffy, or your name will be Mud. Hello? Hello? So long, Mud. <laughs> hmm. I wonder how I could work out this raffle so the charity begins at home. Oh, hello, Arthur. Oh, hello, Finnegan. How many tickets did you sell? Oh, a bunch of them, Arthur. Here's the list of names. Yeah, right. Yeah. Hey, Finnegan, you got nothing but a lot of X's down here. How can we tell who's who? Good simple, Arthur. For example, this X here is Mr. Smith, and this X here is Mr. Brown. But how can we tell which is which? Oh, it's Mr. Brown is the guy with the glass eye. <laughs> well, put all the tickets in this, uh... Put the tickets in this derby hat here, okay. Finnegan, and I'll go get John Bennett and pick out the winner. Yeah, okay, Mr. Finnegan. Put, put, put them right here in the hat. Uh, hey, Eddie, uh, I think I'll put my ticket right on top. Eh? <laughs> you pretty anxious to win so you can get that kiss from Miss Bennett. Huh? Uh, certainly, uh... <laughs> what kiss? Didn't you know Miss Bennett's going to kiss the winner? I knew there was a catch to this raffle. <laughs> you, you don't want a kiss? Eddie, that stuff stunts your growth. <laughs> Me, too. I'd rather blow bubble gum any day. Bubble gum? Yeah. Mr. Finnegan, ain't you ever heard of the birds and the bees? Yeah, I heard them. But you give them bites and bees a hunk of bubble gum, and they ain't gonna waste no time kissing either. Yeah, but what you gonna do if she picks out your ticket? Well, the, the, she won't find it in the hat band. What? I'm putting my ticket right inside the hat band. And she'll never find it. No dame is going to make a chucker out of me. Well, Joan, are you all, uh, all set to pick the ticket out of the hat? Archie, before I do, may I see the tiara? The tiara? Well, you talk funny. Well, sure. <laughs> Here it is. Uh, take a look at it. See? Ever see diamonds like that before? Only on chandeliers. <laughs> Surely you're jesting. This is the kind of stuff you see in Tiffany's window. Archie, this is the kind of stuff Tiffany's window is made of. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, look at the back of it. It says Woolworth. That's the name of the owner. Uh, <clears throat> look. I, uh, I didn't want to let this get out, but this Terrera happens to come from the private collection of the heiress to the Woolworth millions. But isn't her name Hutton? Occasionally, yes. <laughs> Look, Joan, you've got no idea what this Terrara is worth. About 29 cents. That's why you and me beg to differ. Archie, don't lie to me. Well, well what's the difference what the winner gets? As, as long as the money goes to a worthy charity. But the winner will be disappointed. All right, we'll cover that. So that nobody gets robbed, I'll fix it so I become the winner. I see. And I give you the kiss. You see? Nobody loses. <laughs> Except me. Ah, uh, uh, come on, Joan. Will you do it? But, Archie, with all the tickets in the hat, how will I be able to pick yours? Look, I got an idea. I'll stick mine inside of the hat band, see? <laughs> 
And you just reach under and pull it out. Okay, Eddie, uh, leave us not the drawing. Uh, fram, fram, Mr. Melnick. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Joan Bennett will now draw the winning ticket in the raffle sponsored by Honest Archie. <laughs> And, folks, I would like to announce that anybody who bought a hundred tickets for this raffle has no more chance of winning than a man who bought one. <laughs> Miss Bennett will now draw the winning ticket out of the inside of the hat. <clears throat> uh, have you got the winning ticket there, Miss Bennett? Yes, I have the winning ticket. Huh? And, uh, what is the name? The name is Clifton Finnegan. <laughs> Clifton Finnegan. I was free. <laughs> Finnegan, that rat in Wolf's clothing. Well, I guess I better kiss the winner, Mr. Finnegan. Uh, now you lay off of me. Don't be afraid. But, uh, Hold still. Oh, this is terrible. What? To think of all the years I wasted my lips blowing on soup. <laughs> what a waste of osculation. Well, I'm sorry, Archie. I tried. Oh, well, forget about it, Joan. As long as the dough goes to the poor people. Well, Archie, as long as, you, as that's the way you feel about it, I think you deserve a consolation prize. You mean? Hold still. Mm. Hello? Hello? Miss Archie? They were right now, he's flying over the Christmas tree. Mother, you never can tell when your child will come home with a cold. So, for that reason, it's wise to always keep a safe, effective cold relief handy in the house. And that means Minute Rub, a really modern chest rub that brings quick, effective relief to cold discomfort. Just rub Minute Rub on the throat, chest, and back. In a minute, Minute Rub's soothing menthol vapors begin to clear that stuffed-up feeling in the nose and throat. In a minute, Minute Rub starts to bring a feeling of warmth and relief to those tight, sore, aching muscles. And listen, here at last is a chest rub that's greaseless and stainless. Disappears like vanishing cream and can't stain clothes or bed linens. So get a tube of Minute Rub and get relief from that annoying cold misery the modern way. The greaseless, stainless... Minute Rub Way. It's time now to leave Duffy's Tavern for this evening, but let's be here again at the same time next Wednesday. Joan Bennett will soon be seen in the Diana production of The Secret Beyond the Door. Until next Wednesday, then, this is Jimmy Wallington reminding you that for a more sparkling smile, remember Ipana. And for softer, lovelier hands, remember Touche, the beforehand lotion. Ipana, Touche. Stay tuned in for Mr. Distant Attorney, which follows immediately on the NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. I hope you enjoyed those two great episodes of Duffy's Tavern from 1941 and 1946 on today's Hump Day Happy Hour edition. I'd love to hear from you. Comments, suggestions, nasty insults, high praise, recipes, uh, cursing me out in Swahili. So come visit us at anchor.fm slash old radio comedy podcast and leave me a message. That's it for today's show. Be sure to tune in next time for another great classic radio comedy show right here on the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening.